Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Dial 678-ESOG now for a solution to your foundation and waterproofing problems. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So before we begin our regular show, we do a thing called First and 15 on a couple of our video platforms. Those that watch at DogNation.com or on the Dog Nation app, it's just a way of saying thank you to those folks for making the rollout. Very first year for us being on these new video platforms. It's just a way of saying thank you for those folks for tuning in at DogNation.com and on the Dog Nation app. We do some extra content there for them. And I was telling those folks a moment ago that... I feel like incredibly stressed out right now. I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way. You know, it's one of those things where obviously we're getting ready to be in Miami for a week, and I'm really excited about that and kind of excited about everything else going on around the football landscape right now. But it's also Christmas coming up, and I got two kids, and I just feel like the list of things I have to get done between now and the time that Santa Claus comes is so long it it, it probably happens this way every year where you're just almost left to wonder like how is all this going to get done uh somehow i guess it's going to or maybe i'll just forget the stuff i was supposed to do and um maybe i'll never even know the difference but one way or another just feels like there's a lot going on right now i'm sure a lot of you feel the same way so we're gonna try to be here for you for that live show today for those of you watching on video podcast it's never live for you so you almost don't even really care and then tomorrow we're going to do a pre-recorded show so we're going to have two more shows for you this week so as you're kind of running around and shopping or i don't know whatever it is that you got to do to kind of get ready for christmas you know pop in those earbuds do whatever you know and just take us with you here's what i can promise you the next couple of days obviously george is getting ready for a very big football game and in a lot of ways it's going to be you know a huge tilt between two gigantic brands two well-known coaches kirby and harbaugh and all that kind of stuff there's a lot of high stake stuff about to go down in south florida uh you know next week when it comes to uga but because it's like christmas and because we've all got so much going on and because we're all just trying to kind of get to the finish line i can't be super stressed out right now we're gonna try to have very light-hearted shows the next couple of days we're gonna try to have some fun we're gonna try to entertain you and just get you through these next few days so you can get the toys put together or get the whatever and whatever just so you can get it all done we're gonna try to do that for you i'm gonna try to be in a good mood because i am really excited about all this even though there's a lot going on i mean honestly what would you rather do than enjoy a great christmas and roll into a great bowl week and all the stuff that's going to happen for dog nation the new year i mean there's nowhere we'd rather be than right here of course but there's a lot going on right now so sit back relax pour yourself a cup of eggnog or whatever i've actually never even had eggnog but for those of you that do enjoy that pour yourself a cup of eggnog and we'll see if we can keep you entertained i thought this was funny so professional troll lane kiffin i mean that you know literally because that seems like the, the thing he enjoys more than anything he certainly enjoys that more than he enjoys recruiting based on some of the words that he's used as of late is out there and he's trolling kirby smart again now this is not his content but it is sort of amplified by lane kiffin uh, let me show you this on the screen for those of you watching on video and if you're listening radio podcast i'll describe this to you a lot of you know that this past weekend was the pnc father-son challenge and honestly one of the coolest stories in sports right now is uh, tiger woods and his son charlie first of all the fact that tiger's back playing golf again at all after the horrible car accident he suffered is in and of itself pretty amazing uh charlie woods <laughs> 
is quite the phenom as a golfer, gorgeous swing. And so that was the talk of the golfing world in a lot of ways. Among the talks in the sporting world this past weekend, the fact that Charlie and Tiger were playing together, uh, that's not the only famous father-son duo in golf. John Daly also has a son. Uh, Daly's uh, son's a pretty good golfer, too. Obviously, a very different type of father-son relationship, you would imagine, than Tiger and Charlie. So anyway, this guy named Adam Wheel puts this out on Twitter. Next year's PNC Father-Son Championship field's been announced. And so you see Tiger and his son, Charlie, John Daly and his son. And then down there, bottom right-hand corner of the screen, going back to one of those charity golf events that I believe this is the region's event in, uh, in Alabama. You got Kirby Smart standing right there next to Nick Saban. The joke being that Saban is Kirby Smart's daddy and Lane Kiffin's laughing about this and he tweets that out, puts that on Twitter. Now, there are a couple of things that we can admit here for a moment. Thing number one is, that's pretty funny. I mean, uh, Kirby and Saban in the golf attire next to the Dailies, next to Tiger and uh, and Charlie, Lane Kiffin laughing about that. That's that's pretty funny. We're okay to admit that's funny. We're okay to laugh about that. We have plenty of reason to even believe that Kirby Smart himself is probably laughing about that because if history is our guide, Smart probably saw this from Kiffin way before Kiffin actually put that out on Twitter. You know, Kiffin kind of does this stuff a lot. And as Kirby Smart explained in the past, that you know, as a part of some of these text chains and and uh, text threads that the coaches have together, he's always kind of picking at Kirby in this kind of stuff. Anyway, in fact, let me go back to August. Kirby Smart talking about this very thing here for a moment. Lane Kiffin using social media to make fun of him Kirby kind of laughed that off before you would assume he'd laugh this off too this is Kirby from back in August I'll give Lane this he didn't post that uh, unwarranted I mean we have a, a, a legendary side thread that goes on between Lane and I so he sent that on the side thread long before he posted it on Twitter so I know he does it for reaction and for entertainment we spent several years together there at uh, at Alabama and that's that's another one of his ways of taking a shot back at me because you know he used to get whoopings when we were there I didn't get <laughs> I, I didn't get the same whippings he got so uh, he's getting his he's trying to get his his jabs back I've said this before, and I really do mean this, and maybe I don't even quite fully understand why I feel this way, but I actually like the fact that Kirby Smart has friends. I think that it makes him more likely to just kind of stay grounded as a coach and not, you know, become one of the... Like, do you think Urban Meyer has any friends? I mean, <laughs> I mean, think about this for a moment. Think about Meyer, who just lost his job with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the way in which like his egomania took over him you know how like they said about Darth Vader in Star Wars that eventually he was more machine than man like at a certain point I think Meyer probably came became more ego than man his ego just ate him away from the inside uh you know after a while and I think the absence of friends (laughs) I'm assuming that Meyer probably doesn't have a lot maybe I'm assuming wrongly but I'm assuming Meyer probably doesn't have very many friends I think that turns into kind of a weird dude at certain point uh, I, I would I would question how many friends Dan Mullen has, you know, given some of the decisions that he's made. Uh, that kind of it just becomes a little tough at a certain point in time. That you got to have some friends in your life that keep you grounded, whether it be you know good friends like Muschamp or Bobo and guys like that that we've heard Kirby talk about before, or a guy like Lane that's in a text thread kind of poking at you a little bit. You know, if you're the coach at Georgia and you got all the power that goes along 
with that, all the money that goes along with that. It'd be a little easy to kind of get the big head over time. It'd be a little easy to let that power go to your head over the course of time. And some of you would maybe point to some of the ways which maybe that's happened from time to time for Kirby. But if you got a guy like Lane, who's apparently Kirby's friend, and a text thread with him kind of poking fun at him a little bit, uh, that's probably a pretty good thing for Kirby. It's probably good to have friends. They keep you grounded. They keep you normal. They keep you from getting too weird, a la a guy like Urban Meyer. And as I said before, a, a tweet like that is admittedly kind of funny. You kind of chuckle at that. And you kind of move on. And then if you want to make this about football for a moment, here's the other thing I think we can kind of admit a little bit is that when Georgia loses a game like it did in the SEC championship to Alabama, it's the kind of thing that makes that loss sting a little, little bit more that there is this kind of thought out there of, well, Kirby Smart's in the shadow of Nick Saban, and he's never going to get out from that shadow. He is, uh, you know, Nick Saban's Kirby Smart's daddy or all the stuff. It's not the first time a meme like that's even been used. Kevin himself, I think, has done something like that's you know, similar before. And so I think for a lot of people, you know, it becomes, and we said in, in the past that there's almost this unfair measuring stick to Kirby where he's the only coach that's truly measured in comparison to Nick Saban and all the success that he's enjoyed guys like Lincoln Riley or Brian Kelly others these are coaches that have also lost to Nick Saban but they haven't been forced to play Saban maybe as much as a guy like Kirby Smart is and so therefore their measuring stick is you know for Notre Dame how many times did you make the college ball playoff forget the fact that you got blown out when you got there but how many times did you make it uh Lincoln Riley how many times did you win the big 12 forget whatever happened after that we're going to give you a, a better easier measuring stick because Norman Oklahoma where Riley has been working is way out west in comparison to Tuscaloosa and so so therefore, there isn't as much of a need to do the side-by-side comparison between a coach like Riley or a coach like Kelly and Nick Saban. But Smart used to work for Saban. He's in the SEC now. Uh, Kurt, Kirby's probably had Georgia as you know, consistently the second-best team in the SEC, whereas a school like Alabama in most years has consistently been the best team in the SEC. There's just a little bit more of a, a need to compare those two coaches side-by-side. And admittedly, right now, Kirby kind of suffers from that comparison a little bit. But here is where I think Kirby's personality probably works out pretty well for UGA. You know, it's been pretty remarkable the last couple of weeks just kind of how down in the dumps Georgia fans have been about the lost Alabama. Now, you sort of feel as you get closer to the Orange Bowl, closer to the team going down to Miami, closer to the team getting ready for all this, you sort of feel some of that starting to kind of slip away a little bit, kind of shaking some of that off a little bit. I'm talking about the fan base at large. But it's taken a long time to do so. However, here is where I think that you probably like Kirby Smart's personality. Kiffin makes a joke about he and Sabe, but he can just kind of laugh it off. He shrugs it off. I don't think he's bothered by that all that too much. And for a, a fan base that has been just kind of hung over ever since the loss to Alabama, I think you have every reason to believe that the Georgia uh, coaches, the Georgia players, actually shook all this off pretty quick. First of all, if you go to the Dog Nation YouTube page and watch a lot of the videos of the players themselves, including today, we'll hear from Nolan Smith and Trayvon Walker, they've actually talked, you know, pretty open about this that they are ready to get back to work they're ready to go go back out there and defend their legacy and go back out there and beat a Michigan team in the national semifinal get back the national championship game and then we'll see what happens after that and I think Kirby Smart's kind of the same way here that yeah the whole world may be laughing at Kirby right now saying ah Kirby's uh Nick Saban's your daddy the whole world may be laughing at Kirby for that right now but I truly don't think that Kirby's bothered by that I, I truly think Kirby is really closing the door, circling the wagons, battening down the hatches, whatever cliche you want to use here, and just kind of focused on getting back to work. I mean, even yesterday during the press conference, there was this 
you know, question directed to Smart about the fact that, hey, in a lot of ways, your defense got exposed against Alabama. And we know Smart loves that defense. Uh, this defense got exposed against Alabama. And what do you do about that? And how much do you worry about that, you know, given the fact that you got a, now a different kind of opponent in Michigan and maybe the idea of an Alabama looming again after that fact? You know, h- how do you get back to work knowing that everything that had worked for you well for 12 games just didn't show up at all in that 13th game in the SEC championship against Alabama? And, you know, Smart gave you the kind of answer that in, in a lot of ways is a little bit boring and a little bit, you know, uh, certainly not a salacious kind of hot quote, the kind of thing that folks are going to be plastering all over the Internet. But in terms of blocking out the potential distraction of all the the mockery that Georgia could be taking after supposedly getting exposed again by Alabama, I think Smart's answer kind of gives you the idea that Georgia actually might be pretty well equipped to, to do just that. So let me let you hear Kirby from earlier this week in his own words, and you can judge for yourself. This is Kirby Smart. The biggest thing is we're always technical with our players, and we're very truthful and honest. And um, if you sat in our meetings, you would know that a lot of the games that people might say that we dominated or held guys to lower points, we didn't play real well. So we don't do it any different um, based on the outcome. We do it based on how we execute, how we perform, not just on statistics. And and we've, we've kind of talked to our defense about that. We're very technical and honest. What can we do better? How can we improve? Um, and then how do we take away – what the opponent does and Michigan does a tremendous job. They're very um, multiple. They have a lot of personnel groupings. They're extremely physical and they're committed to being physical. Um, and they, they can play in space. They've got really good athletes. Um, and, you know, we, we know that they've got a tremendous team, you know, their offense coordinator was at Alabama and done a great job. So the challenge is there and, and we've worked hard to really work on us. <laughs> Fundamentally, you know, self-scout, what have what we given up? What have, what, have, what have people seen on us? What changes can we make that would be beneficial for us? And that's really been our focus is how do we get better fundamentally, not about the last game. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's one of those things that's sort of a very Kirby Smart type answer, right? You know, this idea of we're technical, we're precise. You know, we kind of get in to what they've done well. You guys think they were great all year long. You guys think they were elite all year long. Uh, maybe we didn't always think that. We can go back during the season and hear some times which Kirby Smart truly did say that. And at the time, we all kind of roll our eyes. Oh, that's Kirby just being Kirby. But honestly, Kirby being Kirby kind of helps you in a situation like this where, hey, he didn't love the praise when George was getting too much of that. And now he doesn't want to hear the criticism, the mockery when George is hearing a lot of that there too. And so for a Georgia team that did need to very quickly turn the page after getting, as as has been described, exposed against Alabama, that Kirby Smart personality, I, I do think kind of helps you with that here a little bit. I mean, let me just kind of sum all this up this way. And I'm not going to make a big deal about this because honestly, you know, as the host of a Georgia podcast, what am I supposed to say? I, I, I do realize there's a certain built-in expectation with this. But I still think that Georgia has a very good chance with a national championship, even with all the other issues that have been talked about over and over and over again. I think Georgia is actually really undervalued right now. And I think the folks who are doing the most undervaluing are really Georgia fans themselves. And I'm not trying to convince anyone of this. I just want to be on the record. You know, if, if you don't believe me on that, that's totally fine. Uh, I honestly don't really care. But I just want to make sure I'm on the record. And if I'm wrong about this, then you can, you know, mock me the same way that Kirby Smart's being mocked, you know, right now. Uh, But as as you look at what Georgia has in front of it 
a great chance to to beat a very good Michigan team, and I think that Michigan actually provides a pretty stiff challenge for UGA, and a great chance to see what might happen after that. And as I said before, I think right now Georgia's a little bit undervalued. And much the same way that Alabama seemed to one at one point be fueled by all the folks who just gave them no chance whatsoever, you think there's a chance that that some of that's what's going on in Athens right now? Where, where Georgia maybe is quietly taking stock of all those who say they have no chance, all those who say, you know, this is already basically preordained, it's already pre-written exactly how the season's going to play out. I think there's a chance that some of that might be fueling this Georgia team right now. I'm really looking forward to see what they do against Michigan. I'm really curious to see what might happen after that. I think the month of January could be a lot of fun here around uh, Dog Nation. And I actually like the mindset that Georgia seems to have based on the videos you can see at the Dog Nation YouTube page, based on the things that Kirby Smart said there. He knows that everybody's laughing at him right now. He knows Lane Kiff and everybody else thinks Nick Saban's Kirby Smart's daddy. Well, let's see if we still feel that way after January's done, and then we'll do some more talking after that. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, and we are glad to have you with us no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, of course, 945, dognation.com, Dog Nation app for first and 15. And a big thanks to our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia for making it all possible. Listen, I'm very excited about Christmas and can't wait to have family over and, you know, the Santa Claus arrival and all the toys. You know, hopefully if my kids have been good enough this year, all the toys that will be spread out all over the living room and stuff like that. And that's just a fun time, fun thing to think about this time of year. Something that's not quite so fun to think about is a lot of you know that you've gone almost a whole year with some sort of water issue in your basement, some sort of foundation issue. You, the signs of it are everywhere. The cracks are in the wall, the um, you know, the, the wet spots when it rains. You see the, the, this, the signs of this. You saw it last Christmas. And you told yourself going into 2021 that this was going to be the year you did something about it. And you didn't do it. Folks, don't wait any longer. Reach out to my friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia. First of all, it's an easy conversation to have because the folks there at ESOG, Jay and the whole team, they're good people. Um, they're proud partners of UGA. That makes them fun to do business with. Long time, excuse me, long time friends of ours here at Dog Nation Daily. And so I'm always grateful for those of you that support those that support us. And that's what Engineered Solutions of Georgia has been for quite some time. Plus, the number's easy to dial. Just simply give them a call, 678-ESOG now. That's 678-ESOG now. Dial that number. It'll get you in touch with Engineered Solutions of Georgia. they got two full-time engineers on staff. So when it comes to a solution for your foundation, waterproofing issues, you want smart people to do the work. Not somebody like me. Uh, I don't know you know, up from down when it comes to this kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know what's a serious problem and what's not, but they do. And the thing that you're worried about, they can tell you if it's not, such, if it's not so serious, if it's not such a big deal. They can tell you that. Uh, or if it is kind of a big deal, they can also lay out their solution for how it's going to get fixed. So reach out to my friends, Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Sometimes I call them ESOG, kind of an easy abbreviation to try to remember. Also an easy phone number, as I said before, dial 678-ESOG-NOW. That's 678-ESOG-NOW, Engineered Solutions of Georgia. They bring the program to you. All right, we're going to have a really fun next couple of days. So did I say this off the top of the show? I think I may have. We're live today and we're pre-recorded tomorrow. And so what we're going to do is, in a couple of minutes, we're going to do part one of a conversation with Connor Riley, and then Connor's going to be good enough to come back and be with us tomorrow. Now, 
thankfully, it's always fun to have Connor on the show. He also happens to be the only other person besides me who's currently working for Dog Nation right now. So I'm glad that Connor's willing to be on the show because if not, we would be, uh, I don't know, uh, we would be trying to figure something else out right now. So Connor's good enough to do that. And we'll do a lot of Orange Bowl talk with uh, Connor there today and then some tomorrow. And on tomorrow's show, I thought Kirby, I, I talked a moment ago about how, you know, uh, there's a certain aspect of Kirby Smart's personality that probably serves him well in situations like this when Georgia needs to bounce back from a bad moment. Well, Kirby was more himself yesterday during his press conference. Maybe he's ever been before, at least in a few issues. Uh, we're going to keep it light tomorrow and have some fun with some of that. We'll kind of go into more detail on that then. For now, though, let's get ready to go around the doghouse. It's presented today by Georgia's own credit union. And you ever see a quote? You know, I'm one of these people that, I know a lot of folks kind of roll their eyes at sort of emotional quotes or, uh, you know, like uh, motivational quotes is the word I'm looking for, uh, you know, things like that. For some reason, those kinds of things work on me a little bit. Now, sometimes I'll eventually forget them or they don't, you know, quite pack the same punch they once did. But I'm the kind of guy that, you know, a little extra dose of motivation every day serves me well. I, I kind of like that. Sometimes I see quotes and they don't really mean much to me. Other times I see quotes and I sort of find them to be a little bit interesting the kind of thing that uh is probably worth considering a little bit there's this account i follow on twitter it's called sports sorts analytics i guess they kind of pitch some analytical type stuff to coaches i think they're also used by the college football playoff and i for some reason just follow them on twitter i don't really know why but i do and the other day they put a quote out by bill belichick that i thought was really interesting it's one of those things that maybe this won't mean anything to you but it kind of meant something to me so this is the quote that Sports Source Analytics shares from Belichick. They say this is a good reminder. And what Belichick says is, a big part of football is the actual football part of it. Now, that's one of those things that at first glance may not mean anything to you, but if you think about it, at least for me, it kind of means a little something that there's a big part of football that is really truly about football, and it's not about you know some of the peripheral stuff that we kind of get focused on. I mean, I'll give you a counterexample to this. I, I knew a guy that worked on the Paul Feinbaum show, and what he said was, if like, you listen to the Feinbaum show, SEC Network or radio, something like that, for the most part, all you really ever hear are comments about coaches and quarterbacks. The whole show is coaches and quarterbacks, coaches and quarterbacks. Very little talk about anything else. No running back talk, very little wide receiver talk, no talk about defense at all. I mean, you, you, I don't you go a whole year without hearing Feinbaum say anything about a defense or anybody that calls in. It's all coaches, it's all quarterbacks because that's what the average fan kind of knows. And, you know, it's probably safe to say there are a lot of ways in which you maybe don't want to be like Feinbaum, but if you want to really have the best understanding of a team like Georgia not being like Feinbaum in this sentence it's probably the right thing to do of hey you know the actual football part of football is a lot more than just coaches and quarterback it's a lot more than just a referendum on Kirby Smart is Nick Saban his daddy it's a lot more than just a debate about who should be playing between you know Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels I, although clearly that's an important topic and clearly it's the most important position of them all but when it comes to how a game is settled there is a lot more going on than just what the head coach is doing and just what the quarterback is doing so with that in mind you know you get closer to Miami, you get closer to the Orange Bowl, that becomes the kind of thing I think you want to think you know, a little bit more about. For instance, some of the injuries that George is currently dealing with, or at least has dealt with, lingering into the SEC championship game. In a roundabout way, I think we got a semi-positive update from Kirby Smart on some of that kind of stuff. And when it comes to Georgia beating Michigan in the Orange Bowl, every little thing matters. And, you know, 
the, the story of how that game gets decided is a thousand things that add up together, all a part of the larger story of football. And if you can get a couple of guys who haven't been fully healthy to be a little healthier moving into a game like that, that's the kind of thing I think you really want. So in particular yesterday, the subject of Jamari Salyer, a guy that we know wasn't fully healthy for the SEC championship game, a guy like Christopher Smith, Georgia's defensive secondary guy, torched uh smith pretty banged up going into that sec championship is he getting healthier at the right time smart gave you some of this yesterday let's hear a little bit more from kirby on that topic both chris and jamari have been practicing uh chris has, has been a little more limited in terms of volume but he's he's practiced each and every day and he's uh, uh still overcoming his knee but he's he's done a great job jamari's been out there every practice doing a good job and gotten a lot more work he actually didn't get a lot of work before the SEC championship game. So he's been able to to practice. And, and, you know, we've had an opportunity to get a lot of young guys work um, in the time building up to our uh, game prep and proud of all the work the guys have done. Um, but I can't – there's no injuries that I can think of uh, uh, significant uh, right now. Uh, Lad's been a little banged up, and he's missed some time, but expect him back. Um, that's really it. I'm not going to lie to you that – when Smart says there at the end that Lad's been a little bit banged up, we think he's going to be fine, or whatever it is that he says there. <laughs> like I feel like I've been hurt before when it comes to stuff like that. There's a part of me that wonders if he'll even be able to play by G-Day, if that's what Smart's saying right now, based on some of the things that have been said about some of these injury situations in the past. I do get that. But overall, that's a more positive than negative injury update from Kirby. Sounds like Jamari Sawyer is getting a little healthier. It sounds like Christopher Smith got a little bit of a ways to go, and I guess We'll continue to watch that. But all these little things matter here. That The overall story of Georgia-Michigan is about a thousand different things, all kinds of variables, all kinds of moving parts. Getting injured players back a little healthier, every little bit helps. Uh, all the personnel that you have a chance to employ and use, all of that kind of helps there. And it's, it's a big story about a big game. And here around Dog Nation, we are looking forward to continue to cover that as we get ready for December 31st. For now, though, we'll say that is Around the Doghouse, presented today by Georgia's own credit union. And if you're like me, you're just you know buying one thing right after another at this time of year, whether it's paying for food or uh, going out and getting those last you know shopping things all done and taken care of. There's just so much going on this time of year. And obviously, every time you, you know pull out that card to make that payment, it can be a reminder to you of all the great opportunities that you would have available to you if you had one of those Visa Signature Platinum cards from our friends at Georgia's own credit union. This is just a wonderful experience packed with incentives. First of all, there's conveniences like contactless payments. That's a really cool thing. But you can also earn flex rewards with your Visa Signature and Platinum card, which can be used for just about anything. I'm talking about gift cards or travel, even cash back, maybe merchandise. Plus, as a bonus, you can earn up to $150 when you open a new Platinum or Signature card. So please check out georgesown.org for more on that. It's georgesown.org to find out about the Visa Signature and Platinum cards and to get yourself one today. All right, before we are done in today's show, uh we'll have a good golden shoe for you we'll kind of take a look at some of the sec stuff as the league gets ready to start its bowl slate we'll spend the next couple of days kind of getting you ready for some of those bowl games coming up uh, i like the early pre-christmas bowls i always think it seems like it'd be fun to go to like the myrtle beach bowl or the new mexico bowl it just seems like they'd be a kind of a fun destination to go to for some of this kind of stuff uh those games have been ongoing but the sec getting ready to get going here in a couple of days there as well i believe missouri is first up i think tomorrow uh so we'll kind of look at the uh league when it comes to the uh bowl slate here before we're done and plenty more on the dogs there as well but for now 
Uh, let's do Kroger Fresh Take with Connor Riley. Get you ready for Georgia-Michigan and all the stuff we've been hearing from Georgia coaches, players the last couple of days. Connor's got all that for you here on Dog Nation Daily and our Kroger Fresh Take. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Connor also kind of pulling double duty here a little bit today. Actually, triple duty. He is a guest on the show. He's producing the program here today. And Connor was also, as they say in the business, staffing a uh, press conference there a moment ago there as well with uh, Nolan Smith, Trayvon Walker meeting with reporters, two outstanding Georgia defenders. I guess, Connor, anything new to report from uh, Trayvon and Nolan uh, meeting with the media here just a moment ago? No, nothing out of the ordinary. I think they took the uh, coach-speak approach that Kirby Smart had uh, very seriously and displayed that out there as well. Well, let me ask you this, because you've been doing a lot of these the last couple of days, really the last couple of weeks. I feel like I kind of like the mindset where Georgia seems to be right now. And honestly, who's to say that I'm right? I mean, <laughs> we'll find out December 31st. But uh, I sort of feel like um, that there's a, you know, a, pretty good vibe around this Georgia team right now clearly they have turned the page on all of this against Alabama far quicker than most fans have yeah they're pretty clearly making it clear as I clear up some things there as I continue to use the word clear that they want to move past this Alabama game that Alabama performance is not who they were as a program and there are things that they can do going forward to prove that they are not Trayvon Walker just came out and said against Michigan we need to go out and make a statement so I asked him well how do you go out and do that against this Michigan team he said we point blank we just have to be the more physical football team and while that Alabama game looked a certain way and I think a very good chance Georgia sees Alabama again the way Michigan plays and the way they run their program I think plays right into the hands of this Georgia defense and that's why I'm as confident as you can be in a college football playoff game that I think Georgia's going to win this game. I've seen this game is now up to a, a nine-point line. It's been climbing. It's been climbing. It's been moving up there. I find that to be very interesting. And obviously, everyone wants to talk about the quarterbacks, but if this Georgia defense goes out there and plays like they did the first 12 games of the season, I don't think whoever the Georgia quarterback is going to have to do all that much to beat this Michigan team. Obviously, it's a very good defense, and Georgia's going to have to go out there and earn it. But I think with the way this game sets up, I do like Georgia in this matchup. Yeah, so uh, listen, my best trade is probably my worst trade. I am just very much a contrarian by nature. I typically try to go against the grain of public opinion. Almost everything is just kind of a natural tendency for me. I kind of find myself slightly more confident uh, than the average Georgia fan against uh, a possible Alabama rematch. But I don't think I'm quite as confident against Michigan as maybe it sounds like you are on Georgia's behalf here. I, I do think that Georgia wins the game. But I think there are a lot of Georgia fans who just assume that it's a easy cakewalk against Michigan and then Georgia will get manhandled by Alabama. Folks, college football is not that easy to predict. And this is one of the reasons why I like talking about gambling is because it does force people to put their money where their mouth is, is that if you're so sure you're right, then get rich. You know, Go out there and, make, and place these bets and count your money when it's all said and done. But we all know that college football is just not quite that easy to predict. And I think that there are a lot of ways which Michigan presents some real problems and some challenges for UGA. I think the season-long story for Michigan's actually been a pretty good one. So while I think that Georgia will win this game, Connor, I do think it's the kind of game that if and when Georgia does win it, you ought to celebrate in a very big way because Michigan has proven itself this season to be a very good football team. Yeah, it, it, again, while expressing confidence that Georgia's going to beat Michigan 
it's still a tremendous achievement. Go ask Oklahoma how much they'd love to have a college football playoff win. Go ask Notre Dame how much they would love to have a college football playoff win. If Georgia goes out and does this twice, to your point, you know, one of my favorite things is before the season asking what makes a successful season and obviously going back over it at the end of the year. I'd maybe lean a little bit more towards already calling this a successful season because it offers further proof of concept of what Smart is doing in terms of building his program and making it a successful playoff contender on a semi-routine basis. If they beat Michigan, that's two national title appearances in Kirby Smart's first six years there. And obviously everyone wants to see Georgia get over that hump and get to where they need to be to win this national title. But I, again, it's, I, I go back to Tom Osborne at Nebraska you know, eventually if you get enough bites at the apple, eventually these are going to start falling your way. You even look at the New England Patriots. I think they've played in they played in 11 Super Bowls under or, – or, excuse me, nine Super Bowls. I don't want to over-embellish. Under uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they lost three of them. And as a Patriots fan, some of the least talented teams they played were the ones they lost to. They lost to Nick Foles and the Eagles, and they lost to Eli Manning and the Giants twice. And quite frankly, thinking back on it, they should have won certainly two of those games. And so – Again, with this Georgia team and and being successful and determining what makes a successful season, getting to the national championship game is absolutely one. Even if you do happen to lose to Alabama again, uh, eventually Saban is going to retire, and Kirby Smart has shown, sure, he can't beat Nick Saban yet. Uh, I think it's still a matter of when, not if. He's doing pretty great against the rest of college football. He's beaten Brian Kelly twice. He's beaten Lincoln Riley. He's beaten Jimbo Fisher. He's beating Dabo Sweeney. He's beating all the other top contemporary coaches. And so, sure, you want to punish him for not beating Nick Saban. Other than Dabo Sweeney and Gus Malzahn, who has been able to beat Nick Saban multiple times? No, I think no that, one. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, and that's, you know, kind of the the cloud that sort of hangs over Georgia until that happens. I, I understand that. But as we've said a million times before, that because of the proximity, because of the fact that you know, Smart used to work for Saban. He's sort of measured against Saban more so than other coaches are who are you know, able to escape that shadow, I think, a little bit more easily. When it comes to the Georgia-Michigan game, though, Connor, one of the things that you know, I talk about this a lot going into the SEC championship game, and it's on my mind again for even you know, greater reasons against Michigan here right now. I think very quietly the one thing that even though this has been a very successful year for Georgia offensively, the overall numbers speak for themselves on this, and while the fixation is on the quarterback thing, and I kind of understand why that is, like the one thing that I do want to see from Georgia in a game like this, what's coming up against Michigan, you know, can you really run the football against a good defense when everybody in the ballpark knows that's what you want to do? That pretty quietly, that's the area that's been kind of trending down for Georgia. It took a step back in the right direction here this year. But, you know, you go back and look at 2017, 2018, how elite Georgia was running the football. You know, 2019, 2020, that's not really what Georgia was. They were better here this year because the overall offensive performance overall has has been better. But I think Georgia's ability to really run the football when the opposing side knows it's going to against a very good defense, to me, that's going to be really put to the test against Michigan. You know who's the only team that beat Michigan this season? Michigan State. You know who coached there? Or who's the head coach there? Mel Tucker. Where did he coach before? Two stops, excuse me, before he was at uh, Michigan State. He was at Georgia. Right. And if you go back and watch that game – Michigan State found success running the ball that day. Granted, it was an explosive variety of plays there, more so than we have seen from Georgia this year. But Also, I mean, it's just fair to point out a better individual runner in all likelihood than, than Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is one of the best running backs yeah. in the country for good reason. Having said all that, 
I, I think there's the, this Michigan defense is not bulletproof. Uh, they have two incredible players on the edges, and Aiden Hutchinson, who uh, finished second in the Heisman Trophy voting, and David Ajaba, who's also going to be a first-round NFL draft pick. But there are areas of weakness in this Michigan offense or in this Michigan defense, and, and you know if Georgia takes care of the football, I think they're going to be able to exploit some of that. You know, obviously Ohio State had some success passing on them, but the biggest thing in this game for me for Georgia, and it's been an issue for a season, it showed up at the worst possible way against Alabama. When you get into the red zone, you have to be able to score touchdowns. Yeah. That had been an issue for Ohio State all season. It showed up against Michigan there in their loss, and it absolutely showed up for Georgia in its loss to Alabama. Five red zone trips, 17 points. They only had four through the first 10 when the game was still somewhat competitive. Georgia needs to execute in the red zone, and, and whether you know Stetson is the guy to do that, I think that's where my biggest question and concern comes with him. He, his red zone numbers have not been great. But Georgia, if they're able to execute in the red zone, if they're able to get more touchdowns than field goals, I, I think that sets the path for a victory there for Georgia. Because defensively, yes, Hassan Haskins is a great running back. Blake Corm is very good as well. I just don't believe you're going to run on this Georgia defense consistently enough. And then I, I don't believe in Cade McNamara as a quarterback. However, my overall opinion, even though Michigan's a wildly different team than Alabama, my overall opinion of what a Georgia win looks like against both teams is still kind of the same kind of game if Georgia's going to eventually beat Alabama in a season like this it's going to win the game 30 to 28 or 30 to 24 I, I sort of think the 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 Orange Bowl even though Michigan's way different than Alabama is I still expect it to be one of those games where Georgia's still trying to find a way to get to 30 I mean I just feel like that's kind of what college ball playoff football kind of is so even though the Michigan offense is by reputation nowhere near as good as Alabama's and what they attempt to try to do is way different it still feels to me like an eventual Georgia win is a final score that still looks a little bit similar to what a to what a Georgia Alabama game might look like I have a hard time believving Georgia wins the Rose I mean the 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 Orange Bowl 17-14 so you're taking the over I mean I haven't really dove into it too much but I I guess I do probably expect there to be a few more points than some people think yeah I think the big thing with this Michigan offense Different in a way against Alabama, because Alabama, you just have to, and Auburn has showed this, LSU has shown this, you just have to man up, yeah, and that's manning up on the outside, and that is being disciplined in the way you blitz and attack Bryce Young. The key for this Georgia-Michigan game when Michigan has the ball on offense is being smart and being disciplined because they do a lot of misdirection. They do try and do a lot of NFL-style concepts there. Jim Harbaugh, obviously, with his time in the NFL. And, and then Josh Gaddish has done a really good job as the offensive coordinator there. They actually lead the country, I believe, in place over 50 yards. And it's not exactly like they have the athletes that, say, in Alabama and Ohio State have. What they're able to do is – if you're not sound, if you're not playing sound fundamental football, something this Georgia defense does excellently, I would point out, they're going to take advantage of that. So again, my my thing with this, and if this Georgia defense is the defense who I believe they are, who is the defense we saw for the first twelve games of the season, and then turn into a completely different defense in the second quarter against Alabama, if we see the defense we've seen all season, I just 
I, I struggle to see how Michigan is going to score enough to win this game. It could end up looking, I think, maybe like a Georgia-Clemson game where if Georgia doesn't turn the ball over and they play smart football, they don't have to do a whole lot offensively, in my opinion, to win this game. They just have to be the more disciplined team in terms of how they choose to attack. I want to ask you one more thing about this game before we wrap up here. It's our Kroger Fresh Day with Connor Riley. Of course, check out Kroger for all the things you need here this holiday season. Last-minute food items. you got the big meal taking place. they got that for you. You want the the candy for the stocking, whatever, everything you, you kind of need for that uh, special person in your life you're looking to buy for. Get you ready for the holiday season. Check out Kroger for a lot more on that. Just stop by and see them. They're in your local Kroger store, and they will take good care of you for all of that. So, Connor, uh, one kind of final thing to kind of, I guess, wrap this up. I'm a little bit surprised, or maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be. I mean, you want to go back a few years ago. Jim Harbaugh was like every bit the, the lightning rod for discussion that Elaine Kiffin kind of is or the way in which Deion Sanders has kind of been the last week after the Travis Hunter thing. Go back a few years ago. Jim Harbaugh was every bit that kind of lightning rod for discussion on this show in 2016. I can promise you during the SEC through in some of those portions of the show, we mentioned Harbaugh very frequently because with satellite camps and things like that, you know, he was just creating a lot of buzz around him. And man, that has just really stopped. You think about the lead up to this game here right now. As of yet, I don't know that Jim Harbaugh has really been on the mind of Georgia fans very much. It's kind of interesting that he's sort of just become a guy in the college ball landscape now, and he's not really the villainous figure that maybe he would have been viewed as a couple of years ago. I guess a couple of seasons of irrelevant results maybe kind of creates that that mindset a little bit. But are you surprised that Harbaugh has not been more of a talking point amongst fans than he has been? No, because I think I think I, I like to hope anyway that Georgia fans recognize how impressive this Michigan team is. And while I do think Georgia beats them, this Michigan team may have been playing the best as, as good as any team in the country was at the end of the season. The way they beat Ohio State, and then the the way they just beat the absolute snot out of Iowa for four quarters, and and so. I do think you know part of it is they are impressed with what Michigan has built. Maybe part of it is they see what Michigan has built as something similar to what Georgia has built in and of itself. But I think to your larger point, one like Jim Harbaugh's press conferences are the most dry thing on earth. It, oh, yeah. It's like reading an encyclopedia. And two, you know, he hasn't. Again, as you said, you know, going two and four last season, or I guess two and five, whatever he ended up going, I think that dimmed the 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 sort of aura around Harbaugh there were people calling for his job last season and he restructures his contract and you know maybe you point to that going forward as hey you know instead of just throwing a gazillion dollars at a problem why not have a guy who has won some he came you know the spot of a football away from probably playing in the college football playoff in 20 uh 2016 I want to say so he's proven he's he can win there and obviously he's done that again this season and again if you give him enough time and bites at the apple like I I, I caution people to do with Kirby Smart you're going to see results yep. in teams like you see this year for Michigan and like you see this year for Georgia. So last thing, and we joked about this yesterday, the Harbaugh press conferences kind of take boredom to like a whole new level. I've never seen someone give less in a press conference than Harbaugh does. I think Kirby Smart is envious of how little Harbaugh actually reveals in some of his answers. But the Orange Bowl is an entirely different kind of thing in which we'll hear from more players than we typically do. You can't just handpick the five that you want to speak for your team. There'll be more opportunities to speak. Go back to the Rose Bowl when George was there a few years ago. You know, there was the sideshow about, I think Baker Mayfield was sick leading up to the game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Mayfield kind of ran through the Georgia warmups a couple times. And obviously, you know, 
the Georgia players just hated him by the end of the game. That's why Davin Bellamy did what he did. My question is, though, is, you know, given how dry Harbaugh wants to be and how little, you know, he wants to be revealed by his team during one of this press conference stuff, obviously we know George is the same way. Do you think most of these coaches can go a full week next week without some sort of controversy erupting? Because it seems like there's there's ripe, fertile soil for this. As hot a topic as the quarterback thing is, if a Michigan player weighs in on that, that seems like a pretty big deal. The SEC versus Big Ten type thing here. The you know just the the, the Harbaugh stuff going back to the old, the old recruiting stuff that he wants you know kind of talked about related to Kirby Smart. Do you think both these teams can go a full week without anybody on one side saying something that's at least semi-controversial that gets blown up into a big deal? I think these two teams are disciplined enough to sort of get through that week, you know, and, and part of me wonders too with with rising COVID cases and Trayvon Walker and Nolan Smith talked about it today. You know, does that change anything in the way media access is done and, and limit and restrict it? And thus that make it easier? I think probably yes. And so because of that, I think these two teams and the way they're coached, and, and especially with the way Kirby Smart and his team have talked this week, you know, Nolan Smith is usually uh, what I consider a great quote. He's going to say some insightful stuff. It wasn't exactly the case today with Nolan. He was given a master class in coach speak, a la Kirby Smart did yesterday. So I do think these two teams are going to get through the week without a whole lot of controversy. All right, so since you bring this up, uh, I guess I'll ask you about it. And I legitimately don't know. I, I'm very proud to say I, I don't know. It's not the kind of thing I spend a lot of time thinking about, but it's obviously relevant now. We, we've seen a lot of these cancellations and, you know, tests for vaccinated players in professional sports right now and gosh knows I'm not getting into any of the the stuff around that but am I right to say that for the for the Orange Bowl the Georgia nor Michigan players will be tested unless they are symptomatic isn't that correct that is correct that is how college college football has mostly operated this season and that's how the NFL is going to be operating going forward and I imagine you see the NBA make that move as well here in the coming days is it just sort of makes the most sense to try and get through this portion of the schedule where Omicron is spiking in the way that it is. But, uh, I mean, but for, for the folks who've seen the concerns, I mean, there's just not as much reason to be concerned about a Georgia player missing this game or a Michigan player missing this game because of the fact that the, the testing situation is already so different. Am I right in saying this? Correct. And, you know, so much of the Georgia team is already vaccinated. It's believed over 90% of this team is vaccinated. So... Uh, while I again, it's something you absolutely have to brace for. There was a report out earlier today that Texas A&M is dealing with some positive COVID tests and it is wreaking sort of havoc on their team there. It is something you have to be aware of. Trayvon Walker and Nolan Smith said this as well. Because of the magnitude of this game, they know they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that they're able to play and participate in this game. Kind of great stuff. Thank you for being here for our Kroger Fresh Take here today. We'll look forward to also getting a chance to speak to you a little bit more tomorrow. And when you join us tomorrow, smart on the quarterbacks. We'll get into that. Do smart. we have to? Well, I think we have to. I think we're contractually obligated to. Smart on the subject of George Pickens. I thought this was pretty interesting from yesterday. So uh, by yesterday, I mean Monday. So we will do a lot of that on the Wednesday edition of the show, our final show of the week pre-recorded for tomorrow we'll do that then so thank you for being with us here for the kroger fresh day connor and we will see you back here on the show again tomorrow yep sounds good see you later ba let's take a look around the rest of the league this is sec through all right very very insightful stuff there from uh connor riley and as i said before i, I can't I mean, 
the only subject I would rather talk about less than the 8,000th round of should JT Daniels be the Georgia starting quarterback is how do you even say is it Omicron is that how you say Omicron like I would I'd actually rather do the quarterback debate wall to wall 24 hours a day than anything related to Omicron but it's a bit of big deal in professional sports the college seemed like it always had a little bit more sensible plan related to that anyway so that probably at least if i'm understanding the situation correctly should not maybe be quite as big a deal for georgia orange bowl things like that so maybe you can rest easy there on that front at least i i hope that's what the uh, case is uh by the way uh getting ready for a great great time coming up in april so we're gonna do a golden shoe related to this a little bit later on but a lot of you and i'm so happy to see this are actually using the dog nation cruise as a way of getting a great gift for that special person in your life as we head towards Christmas. What an amazing thing this is. Uh, I got some details yesterday in the mail about the uh, Dog Nation upcoming cruise, and I can promise you this, we're excited. I've told you my goal here. So I'm going to be in Miami for a full week next week. I'm technically staying in Fort Lauderdale, but, you know, it just sort of sounds better to say Miami. Um, I, my goal is, you know, get a lot of sunshine. I mean, I, I may, we may even try to do Dog Nation Daily from the beach next week. Uh, we have some plans in the works to potentially do that. The point is, I'm hoping to get very tan between now and the Orange Bowl. And then my hope is to figure out some way, is this even possible, to take that tan all the way through April. With Dog Nation Cruise coming up starting April 25th, and a week's worth of uh, action down there in South Florida leading up to that. I guess Indianapolis, if Georgia's lucky enough to be there, and I'm part of that. That might be a little rough there on the tan. Can't imagine there's going to be a ton of fun in the sun in Indianapolis, middle of January. But the point is, that is my hope, to be tan all winter long, heading towards that Dog Nation cruise, April 25th through the 29th, and y'all are going to be on board with us. I can't wait for it. It's not just any cruise, it's a Dog Nation cruise. On the Independence of the Seas, Heading to Nassau and the Bahamas. Perfect day, Coco Cay. What an incredible experience it's going to be. So if you go to dognation.com, top of the page, there is a link there to our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority. You can find out all about it. And more importantly, you can book your travel to join us, to be with us for the Dog Nation Cruise in April with our friends at Royal Caribbean. It's going to be a great time. All right, let's go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean right now. And we have a handful of uh, bowls today, and then the SEC slate actually begins tomorrow. A couple of these should be decently fun. You got Kent State and Wyoming today in the uh, Idaho Bowl. Excuse me, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Don't really know what makes a potato famous, but nonetheless, I do like a good potato, so uh, check that out. Kent State's actually pretty good offensively, so this might not be a terrible game to uh, watch. Wyoming at least has cool uniforms. But then uh, later on this evening, I mean, to me, this is a pretty good game. How about the uh, Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio uh, at 12-1 and one against San Diego State, the Aztecs at 11-2? and two. That's a good game. That's, that's, that's going to be really fun tonight in Frisco, Texas. Uh, so make sure you check that out uh, if you're looking for a decent bowl game. Uh, Texas San Antonio, San Diego State, not too bad. San Diego, San Diego State was ranked. Uh, uh, Texas San Antonio was at one point in time, too. So that's not a terrible game. Then tomorrow, the SEC slate gets going. First SEC team to play. That's going to be Missouri against Army. That should actually be a pretty fun game. That's also in Texas, the Fort Worth, uh, Texas Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, then, wait, how many bowls are in Frisco, Texas? 
<laughs> My goodness. There's another Frisco, Texas poll on the 23rd as well between Miami of Ohio and North Texas. I couldn't tell you anything about either one of those teams. But Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. This game is sold out. Uh, it's actually a pretty big deal. Florida, I have no idea who's even coaching the Gators for this game, but they're playing against UCF. That's actually going to be a, a halfway fun game. And obviously, uh, there aren't a lot of things that would get me rooting for Central Florida, but playing the Florida Gators will definitely do that. You know, Eddie will be rooting for them there as well. So that's our next chance to see the SEC Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa on December 23rd. Then after that, you get the SEC action coming to you again. You know, there's nothing that sort of speaks to the strength of the SEC other than the fact that you have to scroll and scroll and scroll to get to the end of bowl season to find almost all the SEC games. That tells you everything you need to know about the SEC. The fact that it plays almost all of its bowl games there at the, at the end of the uh, bowl process there. Mississippi State, Texas Tech, and the Liberty Bowl. Don't forget, this is Mike Leach against his old team. There's a little bit of juice around that. And then, of course, you get into uh, you know all the other bowl action after that. North Carolina and South Carolina, this is about the 50th time they've played in what, what seems like the last five years. They'll do that in the, uh, the Mayonnaise Bowl there in Charlotte. Uh, Music City Bowl sees Tennessee and Purdue. I'm actually halfway interested in seeing Tennessee in bowl season because, I mean, for the most part, you know, Josh Heupel's first class at Tennessee was better than it was supposed to be. Tennessee on the field this season was better than it was supposed to be. They had exceeded their Vegas over-under number from the beginning of the season against Purdue. It's a pretty good matchup. You know, we saw uh, Pruitt get a bowl win in kind of thrilling fashion against Indiana a couple of years ago. I guess that turned out to be a false positive. But seeing Heupel in this bowl game on December 30th, it's kind of interesting uh, for me a little bit. Connor mentioned some COVID issues for Texas A&M. They played a thrilling bowl game a year ago against UNC, coming from behind to get the win. They get another a- uh, ACC team this year against Wake Forest. You're talking about two teams that could not be more different. Wake and A&M are as different as it gets. Uh, the clash and style should make for a pretty good bowl uh, game there on that. And then you get to some of the January 1st stuff, and we'll probably do more of that on tomorrow's show. So bowl season is here. The SEC action is here. We've got another edition of Go With The Flow coming up next week. We'll make our picks for all of these uh, bowl games as they kind of go down. So we'll look forward to doing that with you then, including uh, official thoughts on the college football playoff there as well. But for now, here in our program, we'll make that uh, your SEC through a cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Let me also give a quick shout out to my friends at Serve Pro. Of course, you talk about water damage, fire damage, the kinds of things that you deal with around your house. Uh, obviously, Serve Pro steps up to the plate for you and handles that situation, and they can really repair that. Their restoration specialist can do that for you like it never even happened. When you're dealing with something like that, that's what you want. There's no magic wand that can be waved, but the restoration specialist of Serve Pro can be the next best thing for you. Plus, each and every Serve Pro franchise is independently owned and operated. That means you're doing business with folks that have some skin in the game. They want a happy result in your situation just as much as you do. So make sure you check them out online at Serve Pro dot com then finally there's this also check out this year some finished long drink here for this holiday season as you're getting ready to ring in the new year wherever you are whatever you're doing to do that enjoy some finished long drink as you do and you've heard me talk about the traditional in the blue can which is like the gin flavor the gin kick and the 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 kind of grapefruit flavor that goes along with that or the long drink cranberry the long drink strong eight and a half percent alcohol by volume with a long drink zero zero carbs zero sugar you can actually get 
all four varieties of the finished long drink in one of those eight can variety packs. Kind of a cool way to sample them all or share them with your friends. Uh, it's fancy. It's from Finland. It's cool. It's from Helsinki. Came uh, there back in the 1950s. It was first made as a way of celebrating the summer games being in Helsinki. But it's been here in the United States for a couple of years and been now in Georgia for almost all of this year and so many of you have already tried it but if you have not yet your chance to do that so find out where you can pick some up today whether it be golf courses or bars or beverage stores wherever else thelongdrink.com for more thelongdrink.com for more and you can enjoy some and try some and be a big hit at whatever holiday party you're going to here this year so i mentioned the dog nation cruise and i have been really thrilled to hear from all the folks who are using this as a kind of a once in a lifetime christmas gift opportunity can you imagine you're opening up the box and however it is you sort of signified in the box you find out you're going on the dog nation cruise you get to see me without a shirt on i mean can you imagine how exciting that must be for a lot of people um well i kid about that of course but it is nice to see how many folks are looking forward to you know, being on the dog nation cruise i even got a great uh message yesterday i'm gonna make this our golden shoe winner for today let me show you this on the screen here for a moment so james lawson writes in well Christmas came early. The Dog Nation cruise was going to be a surprise for my wife, but the itinerary did come in the mail today, and since her name was on it, she opened it. Nevertheless, she is thrilled. See y'all in April. James, can't wait to see you and your wife there for the Dog Nation cruise. Sorry the surprise got ruined, but I'm so glad you're going to be with us on the uh, big event. Hope to see all of you there for that there as well. And by the way, speaking of big events, next year in Jacksonville, 312 days from right now, dogs get a win against those lousy, stinking gators cruising. Uh, Billy Neighbors going to be cruising for a bruise, and they're in Jacksonville. He's going to find out quick. Uh, that's our Gator Hater Countdown. We'll see you tomorrow. One final show for us before Christmas. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. We will talk to you then.